listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio. I'm Hunchy Henry Graves, and today on our show, we're going to be having an exciting guest um, on the show with us today, guys. I want you guys to, um, for me, we're going to have on board today the world's breaking champion. The world breaking champion, he's going to be here live with us today um, on Culture Play. Hello, um, this is um, uh, Master Larry Fields. Yes, sir, it is. Yes, Hi, sir. how you doing, sir? I'm Hunchy Henry Graves, and you're on Culture Play. And I was, um, I would like to give an introduction and let the people know a little bit about yourself. You have so many world titles and things like that. Can you give them a little introduction of yourself, sir, so that my audience can find out who you are? Well, I've been blessed. I'm uh, currently an H3 black belt under Dave Ryan out of Liberal, Kansas. Um, I have, one, been blessed enough to win uh, 39 world titles. Wow. Uh, the bulk of them coming from the ISKA. Uh, the other ones came, is coming from SKI. I got two from SKI. And then there's uh, another, I have two titles from MAC, uh, World Martial Arts Organization. So I've been, I've been blessed. Uh, been yeah. on ESPN for the last, I don't know, 25 years. Uh, been on the Jay Leno Show, the Tom Green Show, Discovery Channel, ESPN. Uh, traveled all over the world, breaking boards and bricks and all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> Enjoying yourself. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, uh, Master Fields, can you, um, where do you see martial arts as the past and, and now the future? How do you see, do you see a contrast in where they were to where they are now? Um, I feel like if you look at the arrival of MMA and, you know, the old school ways, you know, are, are very, very muchly changing. Um, you have to be so much uh, more politically correct, even in our teaching. Um, it's just sometimes it seems like it's uh, the old ways seem to be a little bit more effective. Okay. Um, with working with your students and working with, you know, individuals. I mean, sometimes you get people that are, you, you really have to get them to understand, you know, this is not just for play. This is that you are here to be able to learn how to protect yourself. Um, and, you know, breaking is a big part of that because it, it teaches you how to use your maximum amount of power. Um, and in a live hard situation, you want to be able to protect yourself no matter what's what's going on around you. Um, I think that the newer students coming in are way more or less disciplined than when I first started teaching. Okay. Um, I just that's just my point of view from it. Um, you know, when we used to do full contact fighting, there were there weren't there only rules were no eye gouging and no biting, and everything <laughs> else kind of you know you could do anything. And now. You know, they're a lot safer. Um, I don't really believe, I don't really think they even know how much safer they are. Um, I mean, even in, you know, re regular, just re regular karate tournaments, you know, and 
when we first started out, we didn't even wear headgear, you know, yeah. and now, you know, it's required to wear headgear. Right. So I feel like it's, it's way safer for participants in martial arts um, than, it, than it was well, uh, when I was coming up. I mean, we wore hand gear, but we didn't wear foot gear, you know, until, I don't know, after, I think I was in for about a year and a half or so um, before we actually started wearing foot gear, too. So, proper foot gear. So, I mean... It's different. It's different. It's different. I mean, when I was um, out there competing in karate tournaments, I remember a, a lot of times just having two pieces of tape around my fingers and maybe a piece around my yep. big toe and yep. my, and my, and my um, next, the toe next to it. And um, I would go and do kumite like that, but, uh, you know, things like that. And then all of a sudden they came out with these safety chops and, you know, got kind of used to that a little bit, but still the contact back in them days. I mean, they hit. They were. It was none of that tap 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 tap. And then you know they they were fighting. You know that was a good thing about it. But I've always been amazed with the discipline and breaking. It takes so much concentration to be able to channel your energy to focus on that single thing to do. And to go through it at multiple stations, it requires even more discipline. What are some of the things you do to prepare yourself or train yourself, or is it just repetition? What what that what that entitles? Well, in the beginning, it was way more repetition, repetition, repetition. And as I've matured as a martial artist, you know, it was more about I know I can do it. About confidence, you know. Um, you know, some of the things that I do are just, you know, you would never do in a real fight. Yeah. You would never, you know, you're not going to do, I mean, uh, and I'm sure that, you know, there's people that think they're going to do a backflip and hit somebody in the head, but that's just, that's just movie stuff. You know, the real, the real aspect of martial arts, when you're, when you're doing the breaking, you know, going from station to station to station, that is like a combat fight, more or less, and at one time they had... Uh, a combat board, which the combat board was really pretty cool because it was more like a real fight, and you know it's it, it was it was a fun it was a fun um, uh, division to be in um, because you could break boards in any direction, and you know whoever broke the most boards in eight seconds was the winner, and you could use your hands, your feet, but you had to do hands or feet in different directions. So it wasn't all just right in front of you, bang, 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 bang. It was more of like a real combat situation. So I was, that was probably one of my more favorite uh, divisions uh, that I was able to win a world title at. Wow. In. How long have you been breaking? Um, I started breaking when I was 11. My first class was 11 when I first started. So um, I'm 50 now, so... Okay, there you go. You've been in it for you've been in it for like thirty nine years. That's awesome. That is, that is correct. Thirty nine years. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and with all of that, I mean, I'm sure with your school, do you um, find it that when the kids come up to to break a board, um, are they um, sometimes real reluctant, or some of them just jump right on it? You know, what I mean, you have those kids that maybe get up there like no fear, then you have some a little bit more timid about doing it. How do you approach those two different thoughts when you're um, training 
you do train them on breaking in your dojo, right? I mean, young kids or the older adults or black belts. Hello. Uh, we've seen the. Yes, we've won. We've won 450 world titles um, from my dojo, and I've had from age five all the way up to. I had one lady that was 67 years old. So, you know, the younger they are, um, we've been blessed. Um, we buy a lot of our stuff from Masterline, Master Masterline Company, um, and uh, they. Uh, got me on these rebreakable boards, and they start off in their different colors. Okay. So what I did was I would use these different colors to build up their confidence. So that's how that's how we kind of um, you know build them up to you know their confidence level. Um, I've had eleven and twelve year old males and females um, break uh, baseball bats with their shins pop coconuts, uh, and break the cat blocks that they see us break on ESTN. So, you know, I've been, I've been blessed enough to have really good students yeah. that would follow what I'm teaching, and they would just grow. You know, you could just almost see their confidence grow and then become, you know, a better martial artist for, over a shorter period of time because of their confidence level. Yes. Yes. Now, you know, someone in your position, I mean, I'm sure when you started out with the martial arts, did you ever dream that you would have so many titles and so many world championships or you were just in it because you loved the sport of it? I, I mean, when you got into it, was it your ambition to do that? Well, what, what happened was, um, and I tell this story when I go and do breaking seminars, um, I, I grew up watching Chuck Norris, but that's not re the, real, the real part of the story. The real part of the story is when I got involved in martial arts, my father left when I was five years old. And I got involved in martial arts because I wanted to find him and I wanted to beat him, physically beat him, um, because there was a lot of anger there. Mm. You know, and I, I work with a lot of young men and boys that have that same issue. They don't have a dad or the dad's not around or whatever. Um, and I had that anger. And my instructor, he found out, you know, hey, my mom called him and told him, look, you do know that he's learning martial arts so he can find his dad and beat him to death. And he was, he let me come up for my next belt test. And he asked me, because he wanted my side of the story, he asked me, he said, Larry, you are so driven in martial arts and you work so hard. What do you want to accomplish with martial arts? Uh -huh. And I looked him in the eyes and I told him, I'm going to find my dad and I'm going to beat him to death with it. And he said, Larry, I want you to take all your stuff and I want you to leave and I don't want you to come back. Mm. And I was like devastated. I was like, what? He goes, I, I need for you to understand that martial arts is not about learning how to kill people. Martial arts is for you to be able to protect yourself in a bad situation. Yes. And he sent me away. Well, I was very, very angry then. Yes. And I worked out in my backyard for a couple of weeks by myself. And he heard through my friends and other people that, you know, I was training off by myself. Mm -hmm. So he called me back down. And he said, 
why are you training? And I said, well, I'm still have my same, I still want to do that. Uh, I still want to take care of my dad and uh, there's other people I want to take care of too. And he said, let me, get, let me help you to understand something. You know the problems of a 12 year old boy. You do not know the problems of a grown man. I'm not saying your dad was right or wrong for leaving. Okay. That's not for me to decide. That's for God to decide. Oh, man. But Amen. You know the problems of a 12 year old boy, and you have not heard the other side of the story. Has your dad told why he left? And yeah. I said, no. And after I said, no, he said, your dad did not leave because of you. He left because of the situation. Right, wrong, or indifferent, he left. But for you to want to use martial arts to hurt someone is not the right answer. Now go away and don't come back. And I had brought my bag, and I thought I was coming back to karate. I thought everything was good. <laughs> and when he sent me back, I was even more destroyed, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So when I got back home, I still continued to work out, but I was trying to find my dad, which enraged my mother. My mother was livid. She called him up and called him everything but a karate instructor mm. and told him that why was I, it's his fault that I was looking for my dad, and he agreed with her. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my mom was so upset, you know, and I didn't know why, you know. And that made me want to find out what my dad wanted to say anyway. She didn't have very good things to say about him most of the time. Yeah. Um, my uncles and my aunts, and I lived in Providence, Rhode Island for many, many years. And I lived in some of the rougher neighborhoods. Um, and a matter of fact, one of the first karate schools I went to was a Taekwondo karate school and the instructor was real big on oh you can kick people in the head and I had been in plenty of fights and I knew that it was really hard to kick somebody in the head <laughs> yes sir you know I might be able to kick them in the leg yes sir or, but kicking them in the head right off the bat is probably you know lucky or you're like wishly you're super fast but I knew I wasn't so I didn't really take to karate uh, to taekwondo but when I came to Texas and I found a, a traditional Okinawan school, the first class he had, I didn't really want to go. One of my buddies talked me into going because I didn't really think it was all that. Uh -huh. And I went down there, and the first class was a hand target is from your hip up and a foot target is from your hip down. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. I like this. So that's how I got involved. Ooh. And I was trying to find my dad. And my mom was mad, and he called me back down. And I, I didn't bring myself because I didn't really know what was going to happen. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, I, and he said, he said to me, why are you trying to find your dad so hard now? And I said, well, because what you said, you said that I only had one side of the story, and that he did not leave me, he left the situation. And I want to find out why he left, period. Yeah, yeah. So he brought me back into class, and he said, Larry... I have to teach you different. I am going to teach you how to control your temper in a different way than I do the other students. And that's when he introduced breaking to me. And my first class back was actually uh, breaking um, clay bricks. Um, 
and he got me down in what we call a zone sitting position where your legs are folded under you. Yes, sir. And it was a nice hand strike on those clay ta- tablets, on those clay bricks. And it was, I, I went to go to break him, and he got my arm, and he said, no, no, yeah, do it like this. And he adjusted my hand and showed me the right way, way to hit, and I hit it. And he said, now, now I want you to do another stack. And he put up a bigger stack, and he said, now I want you to do the same technique, just like you just did. But now I want you to let out that anger when you hit those bricks. And I did it. I, I uh, think it was like eight of the little clay tile things that were about an inch and a half thick. And he was very proud of me, and that began my career of martial arts. Now, my mother is probably the reason why I have so many world titles. Oh. Because ever since I was a little kid, no matter, I, I believe probably around four or five, when I really could remember things, she said to me, Larry, I don't care if you are a garbage man. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. You had best be the best garbage man in the world or be the best president in the world ever. And... I have put that in my head, yes. and I've seen how hard my mom worked. You know, there was several times that she would have two jobs, sometimes three jobs, to make ends meet. And, you know, I've seen how hard she worked, and she taught me that hard work pays off. Mm-hmm. And, and she never would let me ever, ever do things without giving 110%. Even in my school grades, I wasn't the I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, if you know what I'm saying. Uh-oh. When it comes to schoolwork, I know and what she, you mean. She would always ask me, even if I had a bad grade or if I had a really good grade. She would always ask me, Larry, do did you try your best? And if I could look her in the eye, you know how moms are. They no, always yeah. know when you're lying. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they she, do. I say, she, she would ask me, did you do your best? And if I could look her in the eye and say, yes, ma'am, I did my best. Even if I had a poor grade. She said, all right, well, we're going to do better. you got to try harder. Get, mm-hmm. get help at school or whatever. Because she wasn't, you know, she wasn't, she, she got a GED after I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine years old, she got her GED. So, you know, and back then it was, it was way harder to get it than what probably what it, it is, is now. now. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So, I know, I know that spelling was one of her biggest problems. Uh, she loved to read. But, you know, spelling was not her uh, forte, mm-hmm. um, and neither is, it's not mine either, but <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> these phones are so smart now. I know, right? You can just say the word and it'll write it for you or text it for you or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a um, great, I mean, that's a great background story um, about your insight of who you are, um, Master Fields. It seems as though, you know, with a lot of martial artists, myself, I was bullied as a kid and ran and, you know, got into martial arts as a confidence builder. And once I got to learn more about martial arts, um, all of a sudden, you know, I stopped being afraid to just stand up for myself or to tell some of the guys that the popular bullies are in the neighborhood, no, you ain't going to do that to me. Yeah, well, you may beat me up, but um, you're going to know you was in a fight. And most of the time, they didn't want to fight. They just wanted to be to bully you, and once you stood up to them, they kind of like left you alone. So now um, I understand that um, you're in an organization that's 
doing online events. I mean, um, can you tell me a little bit about the the online event yes. that you may be doing, sir? Yes, yes. We have uh, our first online event. For, uh, we, we, we've been involved with this for, there's been, this will be the second tournament. Uh, Master D Chambers out of Houston, Texas and Beaumont, Texas. Uh, he, um, he had his first online tournament and he started this organization organization for online tournaments called the Alliance. And okay. since then, now we also have the AOK, which is a big tournament circuit here in Texas, online. And both organizations are going to dual sanction. And we're going to have um, uh, a pretty good event. My event is June the 13th, which okay. is a Saturday. Um, and it's, it is, it's going to be really fun. We're going to have breaking involved, uh, breaking, and we're also going to have kata and self-defense um, okay. and weapons. So we have a variety of events. Of course, we can't do sparring, which is, you know, next to breaking, sparring is one of my favorites. Me too. So that's kind of where we are uh, with that. So. so the organization is called it the WFM? Um. Um, WFM is, uh, they're the, the umbrella organization that is helping us with this. But the AOK, uh, the Alliance and the AOK are the ones that are putting it forth. And I have my own breaking organization, okay. uh, which is the Elite Breakers. So Elite actually, breakers. I guess it's okay. sanctioned by three, three different organizations. Oh, wow. Nice. And now, um, um, the online event, uh, you, you participated in one. How did you like it? How, well, how is it like different? I, or I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was uh, pretty well organized, and you know, it's it's it's, it's it, at first I was like nervous because I'm not really great with computers. Okay. Um, but now now I'm you know way better you know even after the event uh, to having it. So. Is so a little, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a little fun. bit easier to do. Um, with with um, the online um, thing, you know, with the coronavirus out, a lot of dojos are, are teaching from uh, home and stuff like that. And a lot of dojos actually have closed. They're opening up a lot of the dojos back now across the country. They're allowed to go back in, but they still, like you say, can't do um, um, sparring. Uh, breaking, I don't see a a problem with that because you're not really, you know, with another person and kata and weapon kata and things like that. That seems to be something that we can really do without a whole lot of interaction or breaking that social distancing thing like that. Now, um, with this um, alliance, so it's like a, it's an organization um, that online participate with other schools online. Do you get to represent yourself against like um, um, other countries or other states and or just the area you're in? Um, anybody can participate uh, where we're anybody can participate. We've got people that uh, are coming in from Florida. Uh, we're working on a group out of Mississippi. At the last one, they had some people from Bermuda uh, Bermuda uh, that we're doing it. So you mean uh, the island of Bermuda? 
people from Bermuda was online doing karate? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. So this is a worldwide yeah. thing. Yes, yes. Wow, that's got to guess how I call the World Federation of Martial Arts. Okay, so now the question, another question I got to have, I got to ask you because I seen you on a bunch of, I looked at some of your videos, I'm watching some of them now. You, I seen you with some swords. I mean, I'm trying to picture what was going on in your mind when you got, you know, the, I mean, the, the, just the sheer thought of it and you're going to attempt to break bricks and, you know, like that. I, I mean, the mindset, it got to be something off the charts, Master Fields. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you. I had actually, actually seen someone else do it, and uh -huh. I went home and practiced it and thought, you know what, I, if they can do that, I can do it. And I, I worked on it, and, you know, I tried really, really hard to perfect the technique. Uh, it was actually a guy from France that actually was the first one that I saw lay on three swords and break. Wow. Uh, he was doing that for creative breaking, and I thought, you know what, I, that's cool, I want to do that. <laughs> and he didn't come back, so I actually, you know, put it in my creative routine. Um, one of the other things that I did was we rigged up a, 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 a low-powered uh, crossbow, um, very, very low-powered, and uh, it would shoot an arrow at me. I'd pull a string, and it would shoot an arrow at me, and I would catch the arrow and break the arrow. Um, Whoa. Which was really, you know, that was a, a when I was training for that, I looked like I looked like somebody had been beating me up with a, a punchy stick, you know. <laughs> I had all bruises over my chest, and, and uh, I would wear safety glasses, but, you know, there were a few times I thought, and I wore, I would wear, I wore my mouthpiece too, but it was, um, it was kind of funny because, like, I take my shirt off and I look at my chest and my stomach and it'd be all beat up with, you know, like somebody was just poking me with their finger real hard. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, you got to be dedicated to it, so you had to practice it a lot to get anything, well, you got to get it down. Well, the, the, my mindset was if I, can, if I can work on this, if somebody's throwing a punch or a kick, um, if I can, if I can train myself to be able to at least move out of the way, I would be a lot safer than even if I, you know, it was just a different way of training. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the masters would, you know, nowadays say, well, if you lay under a ceiling fan and look at the ceiling fan blades and try to slow them down to where you can actually see that one blade, it will increase your, um, ability to see it coming and react so you know i've been working on reaction timing mm -hmm. uh be, to be able to stop something like that yes um but you know somebody that's proficient with a bow um you know even without you know even like a 50, 40 or 50 pound bow there's no way you could catch the arrow yeah. i mean nah, somebody might be able to but i can't i couldn't so we had to dumb it down a little bit to make it to where i could actually do it okay Okay, well, you know, from being in the martial arts, I always know that um, action is faster than reaction. In other words, if I go in motion before you, you got to be really fast to be able to parry it, block it, or whatever. But you can train yourself, like you said, to do these things. But it takes, you you know, you have to be under supervision of a, a good instructor to teach you how to also be able to have a mindset to also block and parry or parry and block 
or just move out of the way of it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's why the martial arts are so good. We learn to train ourselves to do things. Well, my, my original instructor was Tom Sador, um, and he grew up in California and went into the military and was in uh, Okinawa, Japan. That's where he learned and brought the art back to us. But, you know, his thing was, look, you have to think about driving. And, you know, that time where we were first starting to run out of drive. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you have to put it in gear. You have to pull it out of park and put it into gear. So if you were in a race, you would already have it in to drive, and then just all you'd have to do would be to accelerate. That's right. So in a fight situation, you want to already have everything out of park, everything relaxed and ready to go. Um, anticipating is a different, you know, the twitch of a shoulder. Yeah. You know, you know that that punch is coming, yeah. or the pullback of a shoulder to try to get power from people that don't train in martial arts. Uh, boxers, you know, they they work on that jab, but there's still tells. You know, they tighten their muscle, or they t- they tighten their neck muscle, or they tighten the shoulder muscle before mm-hmm. they release. You know, and in a a real life situation, if you can teach yourself to kind of anticipate what they're gonna do. Um, I was under, I have a black belt under uh, Take Ariata, and one of his big things was when you fight. You have to be totally relaxed. And when that is, whenever a punch or a kick or whatever is coming at you, if you are relaxed and already see it coming, then you will know. And one of his big things was knowing where their right side was. If they're facing you, then you know your their, your, their right is your left. Yep. So you know the attack from it's coming to your left. Yep. is going to be off that right side. That's right. So you have to, and you know, that's why a lot of people say, well, why do we always start with left? Well, because we start with left because most people are right-handed. Yep. So, I mean, even from when we first learned the battle, you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, that's just respect. Yes, it is just for respect, but it's also teaching your body how to throw somebody. Because if you bow, it, it, it either, it will strengthen those back muscles for when you do need to lock up with somebody and throw them, you have that ability because you've already been doing a bow forever. Yes. So, I mean, even from the first bow, we as martial artists, we're learning how to protect ourselves. Yes, yes. And and martial arts is, you know, so old. And I don't think, um, I hear some people tell me that they believe that one area of martial arts is more better than another area. I, I say it goes down to the individual who's training. Because you could be a good guy in Taekwondo, and you could be a good guy and say Ishinru or Shotokan or Wataru or whatever. And at the same token, you could be a bad practitioner in, in Taekwondo, Tang Sudo, Mudokwan, you know, Shotokan or whatever else you're in. So it, I think it all boils down that the style is not what's, it's the person like yourself. You became a champion and breaking because of the intensity level you put yourself through along with the guidance from your instructor to become that. You didn't just, you know, say it in your mind and then do it. You actually put in work. You had faith, but you put work in to make that, that faith happen or that dream occur. And that's what, you know, the martial art teaches us to, you know, get better every day when you go in that dojo to build yourself up, you know. And coming from a great master like yourself, I'm sure your students are just, oh, wow, really um, happy about it. Tell me about, have you ever, like, what are some of the um, um Breakers that you went against that was pretty tough 
they gave you a little run for your money or, or you don't have anybody out there that's, you know, like that in your league? Oh, yes. Um, actually, some of the guys that were on, uh, there was a, a big organization that were power breakers uh, that power broke for the Lord. Um, and they, I believe his name is Jacob. He came and competed. And uh, the very first year that I competed, there were people from all over. There was a guy from France, a guy from Tokyo. Um, there was people from all over the world. Um, and, you know, they, they, they came and they competed. Um, some, of the, some of the other breakers, like the first year that I went in uh, to the ISK to win an ISK world title, um, I was looking at the bricks, and I was like, oh, cool. These are, I, I, I broke these before. This is good. I, I, I know I can break, you know, 16, 17 of these. This, this wow. is going to be a bad deal. So I, I looked at them, and I, and I, I got 14 bricks. Um, and the guy goes, you, you know you only can hit him one time. And I'm like, yeah, I was just right on hitting one time. <laughs> and I'm not a very big guy. Yeah. And, you know, at, at the time, there were no weight divisions. And at, at that point, I weighed like, um, I think I weighed 190 pounds. Okay. Maybe 190. Okay. And all these other guys were, you know, 6'3", six, 6'6", six, six, big, huge, huge, huge guys. And they, you know, they... They were getting 14, 15 bricks, and I was like, I don't think anybody's going to break much over 14. So I got 14, and I set up 14, and the best anybody had ever done before that, I believe, was uh, 12. And I went up there and blew up 14, and then everybody behind me was trying to break, four, uh, break 15 to win. So they were, they were trying to one-up me, but, you know, the techniques that I saw them throw were just like, ah, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Just the techniques. You know, and there's nothing wrong with a good hand pseudo or a nice hand or a palm strike. Uh, but some of these guys were just uh, uh, just not, you know, 100% committed to their technique. So it was very, uh, very easy, you know, for years and years and years. Um, you know, I'm 5'8 and around 200 pounds and all these guys are you know, way bigger than me, and I'm, I'm beating them. Mm. Um, I think the, one of the competitors, you know, that was, that's really hardcore competitor, Drew Serrano, uh, out of Connecticut, uh, Ralph Bergamo, uh, he's a lightweight, but he's a, a really good competitor. Uh, one of my good, good friends, uh, Raphael, um, he's in Washington. There's so many guys, you know, yeah. Ronnie Sullivan, um, Ronnie Sullivan, I think he is. I think he has the record for the most bricks broke with a with a foot with a, a side kick, which I, I believe is fifteen, um, which is a phenomenal break. You know, uh, I think the best I've ever done, I think, is thirteen with with a power side kick in competition. I broke fourteen on my own by myself, but you know, in practice. But you know. Um, one of the guys that I have uh, a lot of respect for that's really, really, really good breaker is John Zurich, um, and he's out of Indiana. All righty. And he's a pretty fierce competitor, you saying? Yes, yes. Wow. 
I, I would well, I would love to see you two guys going at it, you know. So at your at the tournament well, that you have, there's a lot of video out there of us competing against each other. Oh wow, I'm so, definitely gonna look uh, into that on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna look into that. So um, on Saturday, June the 13th, what time do your event start? Um, they will start around nine o'clock. Nine in the morning. Okay, and yeah. um, and then um, well, I'm kind of like very um, like. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see it, you know, but at 9 o'clock, you start with, like, the junior division or the, the black belts, or how do that work? Do they got a beginners, intermediate, and advanced? They, they, they do. They do have, have beginners, intermediate, and then they also have black belts. Okay. Um, a lot of the black belts are going to be judging, too, so, you know, we'll try to get some of the black belts done so that they can they can help judge. Um at the last tournament, I got I placed first in specialty weapons, um, which was fun, and then I got second in traditional kata. Um, oh wow! What kata did you do? Man, I'm gonna do a little more. What kata did you do? I did um, uh, I did a tuite jiu-jitsu kata, mm -hmm. uh, which kusanku. Um, um, okay. Um, and then, and uh, if you're familiar with any of those kind of uh, disciplines uh, with the uh, Oriental uh, or Japanese, okay. Okinawan Japanese system. Okay, so, okay. I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with it. I'm, I, um, I'm pretty much familiar with the Shotokan. Um, yeah, they're system. close. They're very close. Yeah, you know, because I, lo I look at a lot of things, even in Mudokwan, you know, something like the, the peons, they call it. You know, it's so similar to the heons and some of the takeyoko katas that we do. That um, I, I just see a basis of it in, in a whole lot of different other aspects, you know, of karate um, katas throughout different systems. Um, and you said you did a specialized weapon. What weapon was that? I'm specialized. Uh, ninchaku. Uh, okay. Dual, dual ninchaku. Oh, wow. um, it's a, it's a made-up kata. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's two two nunchukus, uh, two nunchukus at the same time. Okay. Um, and I, I actually in 2017, I was blessed to win the uh, um, AOK uh, state championship in um, specialty weapons or specialty cod is what they call it. Okay. And then I was also blessed enough to um, win. Uh, the Greek winner, which is you go to all the tournaments and you do fighting and you do forms and whoever at the end of the year has the most points wins. That you were busy then. Yes, yeah, I, was, I think it was like uh, I think it was like thirty four tournaments, something like that. In, in one year. In one year, yes. That, that's that's moving around, sir. Yeah, it's a tournament almost every other weekend or. Almost every weekend. That sounded like like maybe a couple <laughs> over weekend, you know. Um, well, last year we had our two juniors win uh, together, um, and that was really cool to have that happen. Um, uh, we had the junior black belt boy win the Greek, and our junior girl won the Greek, and both of them have been with me since they were 11, 10, and 11 years old. Well, actually, he's, he was with me when he was like seven, and she was with me since she was 11. So it was really it was really cool uh, to see them, you know, compete. And she won it 
doing self-defense and fighting, and he did it with, with specialty kata and with um, fighting. So, you know, and he's uh, he was in the 10 and 11-year-old, and she was in the 16, 17-year-old okay. girls division. So. That's, that's pretty amazing that, you know, we get these guys in our dojos and our students, and they, you know, follow our lead and become, you know, champions, and they, they win, and things like that, and it only helps the, in your dojo for the kids that's behind them and say, you know, Sunpai or Kohai or, you know, the, your student want it, and they look at them and they want to do the same thing, and it keeps making the martial arts grow. I mean, it's such a great sport, martial arts for everybody. You know, you got your health benefits, you know, out of it. You, then you get to meet people. You get a mental health game out of that because you socialize with people. You know, it's just mind, body, and spirit. All those aspects can be found inside the dojo. And the more, um, exactly. and you know, the more I see how we come upon the martial arts, the more martial artists, um, especially with me and with my kids that I do, I have their parents always telling me, I can't thank you enough for what you do. I'm sure you hear the same thing. And that's what makes us feel really good about what we do. The, the, the thing that we show our kids, teach our kids, instruct our kids, tell our kids, and they get a benefit, and the parent sees it. That it's, it makes everything so much worthwhile, don't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. You know, when you see your when you see your young people um, grow as a martial artist, you know, you have you have this little five six year old kid come into your dojo, and you know, before you know it, they're twelve or thirteen, and they're you know, crazy expression, hell on wheels, you know, yeah. they're, they're blowing and going. They're just awesome. Yeah. And it makes you feel good as an instructor to be able to be their instructor, you yes. know, and, and for that to happen for yes. you, is, you know, in my opinion, is just phenomenal. It's so, it's such and, a you know, thing. to this day, like earlier in, when we were doing class earlier today, I'm watching one of my little six-year-olds, and they're doing one technique, and I'm like, it triggers things in my mind that make me think, oh, maybe it'll work like this, or maybe it'll manipulate like this. So it's a, you know, you can always learn from the great masters, but your students will teach you things that, that will make you think um, and make you a better martial artist down the road if you'll just watch them, you know, and not, not be, oh, this is the right way. Well, yeah, that is the right way, but how do they get to that response, you know? So I really enjoy doing that, watching them do techniques and then go, oh, okay, well, I didn't think about this this rising block exactly at this angle. Why would it work better here than there? Do you, you, you follow what I'm trying to say? Oh, yes, sir. I understand it 100%. And because and after, after they get involved in it, they do learn these things, how to apply them better. You know, through trial and error, they learn how to do a whole lot of things. The, the best thing I can say about being a martial artist, it allowed me to have something for me to do. You know, whether it was just using weapons or, you know, Kabuto, I like weapons. My, one of the, my favorite weapon is the samurai sword. I love using the sword. I, um, I, I, I train my guys in it. I like doing, you know, sword kata. You know, you don't have to do a whole lot with a sword collar, do you? I mean, if you think about it, it's not a whole lot of moves you got to do with it. But to see how somebody gracefully can draw it, Iido, you know, draw the sword and put it back in, it just always looks neat. Then they be in those um, hakamas, you know, the Japanese guard. It's just such a, like, it's such discipline to be able to do that. Sit there and just go along step by step by step and follow that. Now, when I think about the world breaking champion like yourself being such a humble person, because, you know, you, you talk about it like 
you know, you know, like it's no big deal. Anybody can do it. But the feats that you have done is a big deal. And yet you're so humble. I say this all the time. Again, it speaks to the character of the man. You know, I would love my son, you know, to be learning how to do breaking with you, you know, and because just how you carry yourself and the, 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 the feeling I got from you, you know, as we talk about it, I see your passion about the martial arts and about your, your, your art of breaking. Um, is it ever come a time when you think you'll be too old to do that? I hope not. I really hope not. My, my youngest daughter, um, she, when my, my wife went back to work, I had my, my, um, seven week old baby by myself. And I'm in the dojo teaching class and taking care of her. So we started a little, like, daycare kind of thing where I was watching two- and three-year-olds with her <laughs> so I could make a little extra money. You know how it is. Oh, yeah. So she kind of grew up in the dojo. And when when um, we, we came to the U.S. Open, uh, which is one of the better, bigger karate tournaments for breaking, um, I had endorse this machine that hold, held, holds boards yeah. and I would put the little white boards on it and she would, you know, part of the deal she would do when she was older, you know, she was like, um, I think one and a half, she's running around in a diaper and she's breaking these little white boards. No, you know? no way. And <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's actually a video online with oh, this machine wow. of her breaking these boards. I'm going to go and but, skip that one. I'm going to go watch that. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, it's, it's Raven Field. It's Raven Field. It's Raven Field. Video for Raven Field. Raven Lynn Field. So she's actually breaking, you know, and my, my wife, she said, well, we're going to the US Open. Why don't we sign her up and let her do her little routine? So we yeah. had a little routine all set up for her when we would go do demos. And she's breaking, she's not breaking, you know, big heavy duty boards like I break, but she's breaking little bitty boards. Yeah, yeah. That are, you know, 10 inches by half inch or a nice. quarter of an inch. At the time, they were a quarter of an inch. So the first year we went, she, she went uh, as, as a little two-year-old. We put her in the division, and they said, oh, well, she can't compete. And I go, I paid my money. Yes, sir. I want her to compete. I don't care if she wins, loses, whatever. I don't care. Let her do it. Let her do it, man. And they were like, they were very reluctant because it was a 12 and down division. Uh she don't. So, they don't want her to beat up them big guys. Right. Yeah. She had her own little board. She had her own little routine. She went out there. She did her little routine. Oh, and nice. She won. Oh, nice. She got first place in the world, and that was her first world title at age two. Wow. She broke. I think she broke a half a dozen boards. You know, and you know she won. Mm. My my son, I believe he has twelve world titles. And then oh, my oldest my. daughter, she has five world titles in breaking and three world titles in fighting and two second places in the world in fighting. Wow. So, you know, you know, we come from a, a you know, and my, my wife, she's been on ESPN. I don't know how many times she's been on ESPN. Okay. Uh, breaking. Uh, but she's also a competitor. And she actually, uh, uh, at, at the time, she was uh, the only one in our dojo that had been to as many tournaments. She'd been to more tournaments than anybody else because she had started going to tournaments when she was 11. Yes, um, yes. 11 or 12, something like that. So, you know, our family is just, um, 
and we really enjoy martial arts. Yeah, you're a martial art family. Family that's that that I should say I used to have a shirt that says the family that kicks together stays together. Together, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a pretty fun shirt yeah, to have. I've seen that before too. That's, yeah, that's it was pretty. Cool. It was a pretty fun yeah, shirt going, to have. When all uh, you know, the United States going to all these tournaments. My my youngest daughter, you know, she has cut her teeth on literally cut her teeth on going to karate tournaments. Yes, so. yeah. I'm I'm raving, raving, yeah. She, I mean, at two, I, that's that's like wow. You know, that's like, if I was a grandpa, I'd be like, my granddaughter can break me. You know, and as a father, I can just hear what you're saying, man. It's like, wow, you know. And then, now, how old is she now? How old is Raven now? Uh, she's 14 now. She's 14. Oh, my she goodness gracious. big in volleyball, and she yeah. still comes into the dojo every now and again and just to show everybody up. She comes in for belt tests and kind of handles ones that need to be handled a little bit. There you go. Because, you know. I understand. My oldest daughter, she's a, a fighter of the whole the whole group. My son, uh, he's a United States Marine. Oh, and, ooh, um, thank you for our he, for his service, sir. Thank you, thank you. He, yes, I'm I'm very proud of him. Yes. He went to uh, boot camp, and you know they do these sticks that got they look like giant Q-tips. Yes. And he uh, got up on there, and the way they did it at the time was one regiment or one group would line up here. And then the other group would line up on the other side, and then they would just fight, you know, they would just fight on that deal, and whoever fell off lost. Well, he stood up there the whole time and fought his, that, the other regiment, or, or whatever they call it, group, it was a pretty good size group, so uh-huh. then his whole group had to go around behind, and then he fought all them. And Whoa. then one of the drill instructors got up there, and he beat that drill instructor, and then the next drill instructor came up there, and... He said that guy was a really good dad. He he, he got me pretty good. So, oh, you know. Yeah, but uh, you know what? That's it though. But his training allowed him, and his focus allowed him to be able to handle himself that well, which is phenomenal. You know, I don't know how many people could do that feat. No, and then, you know the thing is when he was when he was doing that, he's you know he's very humble. And he said, Dad, I didn't know that I was gonna be able to beat that many people doing that. And I said, well, son, you've been doing the bow since you were, you know, eight years old. So, you know, yeah. you've got a stick in your hand longer yeah. than most of them even, you know, yeah. have bicycle handles. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, and all he had uh, to do is apply it. it. Right. Well, we also do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu grappling. And, oh, very uh, nice. We, uh, we, we uh, do that. And he said that when he was, when they were doing their stuff, they were teaching him the stuff and he already knew it. So they ended up having him help the other the other soldiers learn how to do it. Ain't that and fantastic? I was like, well, that's pretty cool. That's that's, pretty that's cool. really fantastic. He's still and he and he helping the guys to be better prepared if they have to go one on one hand on hand combat if something happened and they have to go down there you know and tussle with another person you know help save themselves you know what I mean defend themselves that's a, that is such a great story you know um, man you've done so many things and you know it's so great talking with you. You know, I don't. I, all I had to do is sit back and let you just, you know, speak on things. And I don't know whether we covered everything, but as you know, like I said, when I was looking online and seeing some of the things you've done, and are you available for seminars? And well, let me ask you a question: Do you think you could do a seminar online, a virtual seminar online, or break? I, I think I probably could uh, do one. I I really I really. Uh, we were doing Zoom classes too, like everybody else. Okay. Um, but 
you know, I really, I really, it, it's, it's so much, uh, I, I can, I can get more across when I'm there with them because, you know, sometimes we pick up a lot of things by feeling, you yeah. know, what's coming off of them. Are they doubting themselves? Yes. Are they hesitant because they have a blister on their foot or, or whatever, you know, and that, that part of it, I, I could do something like that. I, we, I do do seminars. I've done seminars all over um, the United States. Um, I had an opportunity that fell apart because we were we waited too long. But I had an opportunity that I was going to go over to Australia and do some seminars in Australia. Uh, I have a good friend of mine that lives in Australia. Okay. And then we were going to go. I was going to go to South Africa and do some seminars in South Africa. Nice. Very but it, nice. It fell apart, but you know. Sometimes you just take a window and go with it and then go from there. But um, a lot of times we're not privy to every reason why God does what he does. Yes, sir. Um, Amen. And, you know, you just sometimes have to follow what God gives you and, yeah. and be satisfied with it. And, and so be satisfied with it. I've been richly blessed. Yes. I've been to Canada and done seminars for a good friend of mine up there. Um, I really, really, really enjoy doing seminars. Um and that's, you know, this kind of skills that we have yes. for martial arts. Um, if we can't teach it, you know, and I tell my students, is I want you to teach because I want you to teach because it's going to help you as uh, an instructor down the road. And if you can teach it, you can, you will do way better at it yeah, uh, yeah. As, a, as a martial artist because you understand it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you definitely understand it when you can teach it. You understand why those moves are so important. And, you know, um, um, and for all the people down there, and you're, you're in Texas, correct? You're, you're there, yes, you're, Abilene, Texas. You're, you're in Abilene, Texas. You know, I, I welcome them to come on, and I hope, to, I hope a lot of your friends are listening on Culture Play um, Podcast. If not, they can... Go back in. I'm gonna send you the link, and you can share it with them. They can go back and hear your interview um, on on their um, phone. You can just download the app on the phone or whatever. But the people here at Culture Play are so very good, man. I, it's a good organization I um, got with here. This um, podcast that I do with the Culture Play, and they're reaching all over the world, you know. Um, and to have guests come on to the way, and we talk about martial art things, you know. Um, one thing I can say about martial artists is we all feel the same humanity, you know, and we don't care what race you are and who you are. You know, you come in there with a good mindset, good heart. You know, we're going to take you on as an, uh, a student and help you find yourself and go the direction that you want to go in life. And, you know, it's just it's, I'm telling I tell everybody a martial art way of life is a very good way of life. You know, you and when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And you'll find a good instructor. You stick with them. You know, I, I don't like students that um, instructor hop. You know, go from this instructor to that instructor. Or, you know, I, I just, I think you should stay with things, um, especially if you go with Sensei and he helped you along, uh, you know, attain. I mean, I'm not saying you can't learn another art, but, you know, you should always respect the dojo you came from. And even if you open up your own dojo, still, you know, your Sensei, when you can, you know, talk to him, call him. I'll do anything if I could talk to my sensei. You know, he passed away years ago. I've been blessed to have other people step into my life, and I do talk to those people. 
um, you know, and thank them for their guidance. That's what I'm saying. It just makes us better people. You know, the martial art way of life is a very good way of life. And look, with your family, how everybody turned out, you you know, it, it I'm sure it has some bearing on it. Well, you know, I, I, I played football in high school and in college, and if it wasn't for my martial arts ability, the flexibility, because it added to my speed, and I, I ran track too, but it was because of the flexibility in martial arts made it to where I was a better athlete and I was coachable. Yes. You know, I encourage every anybody who's listening to this, you know, you got a four or five year old child, get them involved in martial arts until they start participating in other sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I played football and did karate, which was hard. Um, and kept my grades up. Yes. So, you know, a lot of times, um, it should be a lot a lot of times it, it is, you know, crucial to have that, that cross-training to where you are way better martial artists. But, you know, when you go into some other sport realms, you're, you're a, you dominate because you already have that ability. You already have that coachability. A lot of these um, kids that, you know, come into these sports, they, you know, they may have some ability, but because of martial arts, they are way better. Yes. So, you know, that's kind of what, what I've seen that, that really helps um, student-athletes. Yes, yes. You know, and guys, take it from me here at Culture Play. Um, You've heard that from the world-breaking champion, you know, 39 times world titles and things like that, and two titles, and I think you said it was Mac and, um, and um, um, Sensei Larry Fields. He's been an ISK nine times. I believe you've told me that. So this is a gentleman who, and a sensei who's been around, who's been involved in the martial arts. And if he's telling you that martial arts can help you, you know, I think you guys out there, you know, take heed to it and listen. I tried to get a friend of yours on. I, I think he's very busy. He got a summer camp going on as um, um, Nick Zambri. Um, I was um, hoping that he would just call in. I wanted to surprise you and let him, you know, talk with you. Just to hear how you, you breaking champions talk to each other. Probably been something fantastic. I hope to get you back on the show one day. I think you know a couple of people I know, like Mike Reeves and Greg Harms and all those people. But um, listen at what you do. I'm, I'm sure you guys all have something, you know, you know, some things that if you competed with, with them and stuff like that, have some a lot of fun stories to, to talk about. You, my well, friend. One year I dropped down. One year I dropped down in, into Nick's weight class, and Nick, I've been seeing Nick for for many, many, many years. And uh, Nick Zambri, yes, he is an awesome martial artist. Um, and then Mike Reeves, he's the one who actually it was the one who actually started it, you know, and, and oh, got wow. it growing. Okay. Um, and um, Mike Reeves and Greg Harms, both of us, and, and myself, and. Um, um, Jeff Brown out of California, all four of us one year were all world champions together the first year. Nice. So that was pretty cool. That was cool. Um, and then, you know, there's there's guys out there like Chip Townsend. He's in the same town I'm in. Um, and he's an awesome breaker, an awesome martial artist. Um, you know, the, all these people that I've gotten to be with and do martial arts with, I would love to, you know, do, do, you know, do a radio show with all of them. Because, oh, great. You know, they're all awesome, awesome, awesome people. I thank you, sir. And you are well, as a very, very um, gentleman, and you know, talk very well about these guys and about yourself, and you represent our whole country well. You know the way you um, carry yourself. You know, it's just a lot of good things. You know, I mean, I'm I'm very proud and honored to have you on the show today. And um, guys out there, you've been listening to 
the way. I'm Hunchy Henry Graves on Culture Play, and we've had with us our guest, uh, Larry Fields, world-breaking champion. And um, Larry, um, thank you so much for your taking time out of your busy day, and we look forward to be at your tournament on June 13th on the Alliance with the WFM uh, World.com to be a part of that. Sir, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, sir. You have a great day. You too. Us. Have a great day, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Us. There you go, guys. Um, thank you for being